A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed on his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of men, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Holy Spirit, inspire my words and all our hearts that we might live to your glory. Amen. Please be seated. I'm so full, I couldn't eat another thing. Has anyone done, said, thought that in the last few days? Well, what about, I'm so busy, I can't fit another thing into my schedule for weeks. Has that been you this month or this year? I'm wondering how even more Christmas sounds and feels for you. Even if you are full to the brim with good food and drink and you have plenty to fill your time, I'm wondering how full you really feel. I'm wondering if anyone is feeling, I've had so much love, joy, hope and peace this week, I couldn't possibly fit any more in. I'm so full of light and life and grace that I'm about to burst. I wonder, because Christmas happens in the midst of life, doesn't it? Christmas happens in the midst of illness and troubled relationships and grief even more Christmas. For what do you have room for even more? What is it that you really desire from this Christmas season, these 12 days of Christmas? Remember last Sunday's exploration of even more love, 
through Matthew's birth narrative, where Joseph is the recipient of the angel's news. Matthew's gospel uses Jewish theological patterns and ideas to portray who Jesus is through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. The angel and the prophet inform us that Jesus is from the Holy Spirit, that Jesus will save the people from their sins, and that the child, Jesus, is Emmanuel, God with us. But instead of continuing today with the next episode from Matthew, where Mary and Joseph flee with their baby to Egypt, replicating the exodus of the Hebrew people from Egypt, I'm bookending Christmas with the prologue from John's Gospel, which is actually one of the readings set for next Sunday. I love John's Gospel. It's rich with allegory and metaphor to reveal Christ. I love its poetry and, its la- and the language that seems to speak to our world and our contemporary lives. John writes for those who have no concept of Jewish ideas. John's audience were non-Jewish people who were becoming followers of Jesus in great numbers. We live in a world where the language of the church is no longer readily recognised or understood by perhaps the majority of the population. We also live in a world where people say they feel empty and isolated despite their affluence and connection through digital technology. How can we use the language of grace to make known the Christ who has come to live amongst us and to reveal God's light and life in all its fullness to empty people? People in our community are generally happy to be identified as spiritual, just not religious. Well, that's what the 2016 census told us. People are happy to come together for community events, just not church as they picture it. While they're happy to gather in parks and performance venues to sing Christmas carols, many have not grasped the spiritual importance for their lives that Christmas is the celebration of God with us, a real God, God in the flesh living amongst us, sharing our day-to-day lives, our journeys through grief and troubled relationships and illness. God who lives with us, full of grace and truth, so that we can live authentic, grace-filled lives. And if we were to go across the road and ask the average person shopping at the town centre, there's not an average person, but you know, if we were to stop somebody and ask them, they're very likely to say that the most important thing about Christmas for them is what? Family. John makes it clear that Jesus is the son who has come to make the father known and we are invited to live as members of that family, as children of God, each one of us, no exceptions. So how can we make this message relevant and accessible to spiritual but perhaps not religious people, people who feel discontent, perhaps emptiness, but they're not really sure what to do about it. In the prologue uh, to John's Gospel that we've just read, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message version of of the Bible, puts it like this. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. 
The lifelight blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. The lifelight was the real thing. The word, the lifelight, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Moved into our neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I think it really matters that we find a way to take even more Christmas with us into the world in which we will live during 2020, a world where people are searching for God in their neighbourhood, a God who is generous inside and out and true from start to finish, a God who can be trusted. John uses the meaning-laden concept of the word to do this saying exactly the same things that Matthew has said, yet in radically different ways. This idea of the word is linked to the spirit in both Greek and Hebrew thought. In Greek, the word logos was understood as both reason and creative power. Reason and creative power were there in the beginning. The word that was with God. In Hebrew thought, Logos was the divine wisdom in creation, Sophia, as well as giving expression to God's revelation to humanity, distinguished by relationship. The word became flesh and lived among us, moved into our neighborhood, and we've seen his glory, full of grace and truth. The incarnation, God in human form, was the full expression of God's creative power, wisdom and reason. And from this fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Wisdom and reason, grace and truth were no longer simply ideas. They were a person and that person was God. For me, grace and truth are kind of like the art and science of living. For some years I practiced as a physiotherapist. Now there's an art and a science to being a physio. The art of listening, first and foremost, and the art of compassion enable the science of problem solving and deciding on the right treatment technique to be effective. Without the art of grace, the science of truth in our lives is diminished. The truth about who we are as children of God, who God is and who God calls us to be in the world. Grace implies hospitality, generosity and beauty. Grace is gift. John says that the law came through Moses. The old way of being with God was to obey God. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, the life light. So there's something irreducibly odd, isn't there, about Christmas. The child, the word become flesh, is our maker. For all its complexities about time and eternity that will always be mystery, we are invited to embrace the identity of God with all its mystery and to receive God's life within us so that we can live in the light that cannot be overcome by darkness. Jesus is what we hope to become by grace, 
spirit-filled, spirit-led, so that we can express the forgiving, reconciling, and healing love of God in all our actions. Doing the hard work of love is the only path to bringing grace to our world. So what might our participation in God's grace look like as we influence possibilities for others and help them to imagine how living in grace might become part of their reality? How might we address our own emptiness and perhaps help others to find meaning also? Well, to be inhabited by grace is to be open to others without closing off to them due to our own distrust. Love is hard work. Grace is to be reconciled to others, inhabited by the grace and forgiveness of God. When we respond to Christ in one another, we find we have room for even more Christmas. And this certainly requires vulnerability. There's a point at which we need to relinquish control over every detail of our lives to make space, to make room for grace. We need not be defensive about who we show grace to. Jesus' example reveals that grace is the gift of God for everyone who is open to receive. So how have we seen God's grace, this life light, expressed this Christmas? What stories or experiences come to your mind from the last few days? Here are three quick examples I'd like to share with you from our Christmas. On Christmas Day, I heard a radio presenter tell this story about a family gathering on Christmas Eve the night before. He observed his nephew's partner, a young audiologist, quietly offering his father-in-law some hearing aids to try during a, family, a time of family conversation. His father-in-law was well, but becoming increasingly hard of hearing and had been resistant to the family's suggestion that he begin to use hearing aids. The radio presenter observed the young woman quietly, with grace, yet determinedly apply the hearing aids. He watched as a look of wonder spread across his father-in-law's face. The young woman quietly asked the older man, what's happening? I can hear, he replied. In what ways are we perhaps resistant to receiving grace and truth from the life giver who has come to live with us? A sunflower, such a simple gift, yet so precious because our five-year-old grandson, he was five on Boxing Day, it's a big time for us. Our five-year-old grandson grew it and brought one on Christmas Day, one each for his mum, for his auntie Jenny and for me. In what ways have we overlooked the simple gifts of grace that the life giver brings to us? How have we neglected to share the simple things with one another? The week before Christmas, I had the privilege of going to um, 
the Church of the Holy Spirit at Isle of Capri where the hampers were being prepared for clients of St John's Crisis Care. We'd had students there, students and teachers there each day, the week before Christmas, um, packing, wrapping, preparing hampers for families who were doing it tough. On the Friday before Christmas, it was my turn to go and to be with the students. What a transforming experience it was for the students to actually see the faces of the families who came to receive their hampers. Through no fault of their own, very often, here they were without anything to offer their families for Christmas or very little. And here they were, they were able to come and pick up these beautiful hampers that had been packed with so much love and to receive them. For our students to see the look of gratitude on the faces of the people who came. For our students to be able to see the faces of real people and in a way to see how God was moving into their neighbourhood as they received their hampers to take them home and to share at Christmas time whatever that might look like. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, without judgment, without preference. Take a breath as this year draws to a close and a new year begins. Allow space for even more grace. Let's pray. Breathe in, and in that breathing be created. Wake from the dust, be conscious and inhale, fresh from the word and light of God, delighted. You find you have become a living soul. But soon you must breathe out, what's to be done? Who will be with you then? And will you dare to trust the breath of life back to the one who breathed it into you? Christ comes to share your letting go. You hear him sigh and say, Father, into your hands receive my spirit and find that he has opened up the way for you as well. He takes your breath to bear it deep into heaven with him in his death that you might be reborn with every breath. Amen.